Chapter Fifteen of Darnley by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen. Though heaven's inauspicious eye lay black on love's nativity, her eye a strong appeal shall give. Beauty smiles, and love shall live. Crawshaw. When Dr. Butts had left them, the knight would fain have excused himself from accompanying his old tutor on the proposed visit. He had encountered many a danger in the imminent deadly breach, and the battlefield, with as light a heart as that which beats in beauty's bosom when she thinks of sunning herself in admiring looks at the next ball. But now his courage failed him at the thought of meeting the person he loved best, and so much did his spirit quail that you might have brained him with a lady's fan. Dr. Wilbraham, however, pressed, and insisted so intently upon the pleasure it would give Lady Constance to see him after his escape, and the rudeness which might be attributed to him if he did not wait upon her soon, that he at length consented to go, and shortly after the physician had left them they themselves took their way towards the dwelling of the lady. In this happy age, when choice is as free as thought, we can hardly imagine the generous nobility of England submitting to yield the selection of a companion for life to the caprice of a king or of his favourite yet such was frequently the case in the times whereof we write and dangerous would it have been to have opposed the will of the despotic henry or his tyrant minister when the whim of the one or the interest of the other led them to seek the union of any two families it is true that the sad example of lady arabella stuart was not yet before their eyes but still the arbitrary power of the king was well enough established to judge of what he might do, and few would have been found bold enough to assert their liberty of choice in opposition to his command. Nor at that time was Wolsey's will less potent than the king's, so that, to the mind of the young knight, the marriage of Lady Constance with Lord Derby seemed fixed beyond recall. There was, however, something in all that the old tutor said of her anxiety respecting his fate, joined with a certain tenderness that he had felt in her manner towards himself, and the words she had inadvertently let drop, respecting the fame he had acquired in Flanders, that gave a vague but delightful feeling of hope to his bosom. And while walking on with Dr. Wilbraham, there was still amongst the wild confusion of his thoughts a strange sort of dreamy plan for winning her yet the buoyancy of youthful expectation that would not be depressed, like a child's boat of cork, still rising above the waves that had overwhelmed many a goodlier vessel. "'If I dared but think she loved me,' thought Sir Osborne, "'I should fear nothing.' And he felt as if his single arm could conquer a world. But then came the remembrance that as an equivalent for her rich lands and lordships he had nothing, absolutely nothing and with a sigh he entered the house, which Wolsey had taken care to provide for his fair ward, as near his own palace as possible. Most doors in that day standing open, Dr. Wilbraham, whose sacred character gave him much freedom of access, took no pains to call servant or attendant to announce them, but leading the way up the narrow winding stairs, opened the door at the end of the flight, and brought Sir Osborne into a large room, wherein were sitting several of the young lady's women, occupied in various tasks of needlework and embroidery. One of these rose, and in silence gave them entrance to a chamber beyond, into which the clergyman conducted his former pupil, 
without even the ceremony of announcing him lady constance at the moment was seated somewhat listlessly on a pile of oriental cushions holding her arms extended while dr butts kept his hand upon her pulse she was dressed in white after the mode of the french of that day the upper part of her robe except the sleeves which were large and floating fitting close to her figure round the waist and shoulders but falling back just above the bosom into a beautiful standing ruff or fraise as the french termed it of fine italian lace the skirt of the robe was wide and loose and dividing at the girdle showed part of a satin dress beneath as well as the beautiful small foot and delicate ankle which hanging over the edge of the cushions indicated fully as much as the heaviness of her eyes the languor of sickness and want of rest a few yards behind her stood her waiting-woman who remained in the room fully as much in the capacity of a duenna as for the purpose of serving her mistress as lady constance did not raise her head when the door opened thinking that it was some of the domestics who entered the eyes of the waiting-maid were those that first encountered sir osborne and as she bore him no small good-will for having given up with such alacrity the tapestry chamber at the inn to herself and lady immediately on perceiving him she burst forth with a pleasurable oh dear lady constance looked up and seeing who entered turned as red as fire then pale then red again and starting up from the cushions drew her hand suddenly away from dr butts advanced a step hesitated and then stood still oh muttered the physician it's a bad business oh sir osborne morris said the lady her eyes sparkling with pleasure although she struggled hard to compose herself to seem disembarrassed and to hide the busy feelings at her heart i am most delighted to see you safe for indeed i that is dr wilbraham began to be very seriously alarmed and though he told me there was no danger yet i saw that he was very much frightened and and i hope you got away easily will you not take that seat the young knight took the chair to which she pointed and thanked her for the interest and kindness she had shown towards him with some degree of propriety though at first he felt his lip quiver as he spoke and then he fancied that his manner was too cold and ceremonious so to avoid that he made it somewhat too warm and ardent and in the end finding that he was going from one extreme to the other without ever resting at the mean he turned to dr butts and said with a sort of anxiety which went thrilling to the heart of lady constance that he hoped he had not found his patient really ill indeed i did though answered the physician a great deal worse than i had expected and therefore i shall go directly and tell my good lord the reverend father cardinal that the lady must be kept as tranquil as possible and as quiet nay nay said lady constance i am not so ill indeed my good physician i feel better now however you may go to my lord cardinal if you will but i really am better hm, said dr butts now i think you are worse but tell me lady why do you quit the habits of your country to dress yourself like a frenchwoman lady constance smiled do you not know said she that i am a french vassal did you not know that all the estates that belonged to my mother of the val de marne and boissy are held from the french crown go and see them lady said dr butts the french air would suit you better than the english i've a notion for a year or two at least nay dr butts said sir osborne why deprive england of lady constance's presence there are so few like her 
he added in an undervoice, that indeed we cannot spare her. Lady Constance raised her eyes for an instant to his face. They met his, and though it was but for a moment, that look was sufficient to determine his future fate. A thousand such looks from Lady Katrine Bulmer would have meant nothing. From Lady Constance de Grey that one meant everything, and Sir Osborne's bosom beat with renewed hope. True, the same obstacles existed as heretofore, but it mattered not. Nothing, he thought, nothing could now impede his progress, and he would dare all, defy all, win her or die. Nor in truth was the heart of Lady Constance de Grey less lightened, although she still felt that trembling fear which a woman, perhaps, does not wholly lose for long, long after the lips of the man she loves have made profession of his attachment yet still she was almost sure that she was loved there was something in darnley's manner in his agitation in his anxiety about her in his very glance far far more eloquent than words and lady constance's certainty that he loved her was more perhaps a sensation of the heart than a conviction of the mind she felt that she was loved while these thoughts or feelings or what you will were busy in the bosom of each a servant entered and with much more ceremony than the good chaplain had used to usher in the young knight, announced that Lord Darby waited in the ante-room to inquire after her ladyship's health. "'Bid him come in,' said the young lady, and in a moment after Sir Osborne had his rival before his eyes. He was a slight, elegant young man, dressed with great splendour of apparel, and possessed of that sort of calm, easy self-possession, and gay, nonchalant bearing, that made the knight instantly conceive a violent inclination to cut his throat. "'Good morrow, my fair cousin,' cried he, advancing. "'Good morrow, gentles all. Good give you good morrow, Mrs. Margaret,' to the waiting woman. "'What, have you been standing there ever since I left you yesterday?' The woman tossed her head pettishly, much to the young lord's amusement. "'Gad, you must do like the hens, then. Stand upon one leg while you rest the other.' "'But say, my fair cousin, how dost thou do?' "'I am not well, my lord,' replied the lady. "'At least, so Dr. Butts would fain have me believe, "'and he says I must have quiet. "'So, by your leave, I will not have you quarrel with my woman, "'Margaret, as you did yesterday.' "'Faith, not I,' answered he. "'I love her dearly, bless the mark. "'But, cousin, his reverend grace the cardinal commends him, "'by your humble slave,' to your most sublime beauty and adviseth that is you know commandeth that you should betake yourself for change of air which means for his pleasure and purposes to the court at greenwich to which you are invited by a royal mistress and queen and if it seemeth fit to you which would say whether you like it or not he will have his barge prepared for you to-morrow at noon present my thanks to the very reverend father replied lady constance and say that i will willingly be ready at the hour he names nay if you are so sweetly obedient to all his commands said lord darby more seriously faith constance our plan of yesterday will fall to the ground for i cannot be rude enough to take it all on myself then darting off into a thousand other subjects the young peer laughed and spoke with light facility of various indifferent matters while Dr. Butts looked on, keenly observing all that passed, and Sir Osborne bent his eyes sternly upon the ground, biting his lip and playing with the hilt of his sword, more irritated, perhaps, with the confident gaiety of his rival than he would have been with a more serious and enthusiastic passion, 
and certainly not appearing to advantage where he wished most to please that sword i think must be of spanish mounting said lord darby at length turning calmly towards the knight sir replied sir osborne raising his eyes to his face i asked whether that sword was not mounted in spain sir knight said lord darby quietly will you let me look at it and he held out his hand i am not in the habit my lord replied sir osborne of giving my weapon out of my own hands but in answer to your question it was mounted in spain i never steal folks swords said the peer with the same imperturbably nonchalant air and then turning to dr wilbraham he went on dear dr wilbraham do let me see that book you talked of yesterday for as you go to greenwich to-morrow i shall never behold any of you again i am sure the good chaplain who had remained silent ever since he had been in the room not at all understanding what was the matter between lady constance and the young knight although he evidently saw that they had from the first been both agitated and embarrassed now rose and went to search for the book which lord darby required very willing to get away from a scene he did not in the least comprehend to make way for him however sir osborne raised his cap and plume which had hitherto lain beside him and as he did so the sapphire ring that had been given him by lady katrina bulmer met the eye of lord darby and instantly produced a change in his whole demeanour his cheek burned his eye flashed and starting upon his feet he seemed as if he would have crossed over towards sir osborne but then recovering himself he relapsed into his former somewhat drawling manner took leave of lady constance and without waiting for dr wilbraham's return left the apartment a moment after the physician also rose in his usual quick precipitate manner saying that he must depart but doctor doctor cried mrs margaret the waiting woman seeing him proceeding towards the door you have not told me how i am to manage my mistress i can't stop i can't stop said the physician still walking on out of the room what is it what is it nay but doctor you must tell me cried she running after him indeed i shall not know what to do with my lady still the doctor walked on giving her however some necessary directions as he went and mrs margaret following for a moment left the two lovers alone darnley felt that it was one of those precious instants which once lost rarely if ever return but an irresistible feeling of anxiety tied his tongue and he could but gaze at lady constance with a look that seemed to plead for pardon even for what he felt the fair girl trembled in every limb and as if she knew all that was passing in his mind dared not look up but for a single glance as she heard the last words hang on the physician's lips and he began to descend the stairs darnley raised the glove that lay beside her may i may i have it said he oh darnley she replied and happy almost to delirium he placed the glove in his bosom and pressed an ardent kiss upon her hand go cried she for heaven's sake go if you love me we shall meet again soon the knight obeyed almost as agitated as herself and passing out of the room just as mrs margaret entered he followed dr butts whose steps he heard descending the stairs before him End of chapter 15